0: Hi there, everybody. My name's Alexia Allen, and I live and work on Hawthorne Farm in Woodinville, Washington. I live on land traditionally tended by the Snoqualmie tribe, and I respect their elders and traditions of past, present, and future. You're about to hear stories of our serious and joyful homestead, where we grow nearly all the food we eat, and we have a great time while we do it. I myself have lived here since 2003, when this was a suburban house surrounded by a few acres of overgrazed pasture. And when I moved here, I was just 25 years old, and I made a lot of rookie mistakes on my journey to being a homesteader, able to feed myself and my community. For example, I raised chicks in the kitchen, not knowing that chicks create giant clouds of dust that coat everything around them and let's not even get into what that dust is made out of. Anyhow, I continue to learn how to be a better land steward, and I really enjoy living here on the farm with a number of other people. It's myself, my husband Daniel, and a lovely cast of helpers, ranging in age from 7 to 69. There are between 4 and 10 people living on the farm on any given day, and all of us are involved in tending the soil and forest. What do we grow at Hawthorne Farm? Well, everything that we love to eat. We've got nearly an acre of garden space. Fruit trees uh, have apples and pears, plums. Hazelnuts, walnuts, and chestnut trees grow in the thickets. We've got chickens and ducks for eggs, goats for making cheese and yogurt, and rabbits who eat dandelions and other weeds and then become delicious soups themselves. So most of what we harvest is to feed the household. And we feed the household all year long, even though we do sell some produce during the summer when we have extra zucchini. But it is a lot of work hoeing all those gardens. And I got the hankering to take on a new project. So in February of 2019, we added a new animal to the farm landscape, one that I was really excited about, and that I thought would help us get a lot more work done. Duke! Dolly! <laughs> Alright, ponies. Good job. I grew up with a love for horses. I used to take riding lessons, I mean we're talking over 30 years ago, on a 35-year-old Palomino horse named Tony Baloney, and... This horse would just plod calmly around the dusty neighborhood track, and I was just perched on him bareback, but I was hooked on horses for life, and I rode horses diligently all through my high school years, really helped me out, kept me sane as a teenager, and when I finally moved to my own land, I had space to get my own horse, so I got a riding horse, and I wound up getting a little pony to be her buddy. And then I would ride my horse for a few hours in the morning and be able to survive the rest of the day at my desk job. And when I started farming full-time, my horses just kind of stood around and watched me as I ran around getting the farm started. So I found them new homes where they would get more attention. They were pretty due to retire anyways. But I still had this yearning for horses And that swirled under the surface for a few years till I really realized, hey, I could farm with horses. Most of the world's farmers use draft animals. And for thousands of years. I mean, we are talking thousands of years. People have used mules and donkeys and horses and oxen as their tractors, essentially, like to get a lot of work done. Tractors... Like mechanical tractors as we know them today were not even an option until maybe a hundred years ago. So there had to be a way to make this dream work. And in fact, I found the right horses for the job. Dolly. Hold on. Ready, ma'am. Come on, walk on. It's a light load. We got this. Good girl. Good girl. Halle haw. Haw. Good work, ma'am. Good work. gotten to where we need to go. Dolly, back. Back. Take one step back to loosen the tension on the chains, and then I just unhook the chain from either side of where she was attached to the sled, and we'll head back. Dolly! Dolly, whoa. Good girl. I'd really like to know that they've done what you're asking them. They've got no reason to walk around pulling a sled uh, unless we ask them. We might as well ask them kindly and do useful work with them. Good girl, doll. <laughs> Giving her a good scratch. favorites. Good girl. Farming with horses fills me with bliss. That is not too strong a word. My life is clearly better when I spend time with the horses every day. I love the challenge of accomplishing tasks with them, keeping them and me safe, confident, and happy. So luckily, I found two retired Amish ponies who have been there and done that. They obviously know how to farm. They have spent hundreds or thousands of hours in harness. They've been hitched to just about every farming implement that I've been able to find. They obviously just know how to do it. Now, there are some very good reasons that the Amish sold them. These are not the hardest-working ponies in the bunch. Duke is probably in his early 20s. He's an ancient guy. He gets tired pretty easily, but he's just so steady. He's just a rock. And Dolly... She's a workhorse, like she has a serious work ethic, but she's also got a kind of a version of equine diabetes. So there's also really a limit to how much work she can do, but she does need to keep doing work. So given that these were some super duper trained horses and it takes hundreds of hours to train a young horse into being as reliable as these two are, I don't mind that they're old or have some issues. They are totally capable of doing what I need them to do on my little farm. And when I think of everything that horses have done for humans throughout history, it really only seems fair that I give these two a good home, especially because they are gems to teach me and others how to effectively use real horsepower, (laughs) literally horsepower. Here we are doing a little work. Pulling a stone boat or a little sled around and moving some mud, making a new garden bed, which is pretty exciting. Alright, so we've got Duke hitched up to another load of mud. Come on, Duke. Come on, Duke. Come on, buddy. He really loves the clover. Walk on. Good job, bud. Let's go. He's pulling a heavy load of mud across the grass. Here's harness jingling, and by now he knows where we're going. like, oh yeah, I know where you want me to dump this. I'll head over there. I can... Come on, bud. Get a good snack. Come on, Duke. Walk on. Really. Little haw. Little ha. Whoa. Little haw means turn a little bit left. And whoa, of course, means stop. Stop! Don't move your feet. It's really important to have clear words with them, and have those words mean the same thing all the time. Like, "woe" means "woe." <laughs> "Woe" means "woe." Uh, it doesn't mean slow down. It means stop. Now I'm just looking over the wheelbarrow and it's empty. Easy enough for me to manage. We'll turn them around. We'll go back for another load. Come on, Duke. Hi, around. Good job! All around me, turn completely around to the left. And he knows it. I used to give riding lessons and it's been easy to translate that into helping people come here and drive horses. One of our farm helpers who came here this summer had an extensive background riding champion show jumping horses, like serious showing, serious hours in the saddle, And at first she thought that driving the horses would mean less of a relationship with the horse because you're walking behind it. You're not actually sitting on the horse's back. But after spending a few days driving Dolly, she said, Wow, I actually need more of a relationship because I'm not on the horse's back. Yeah, that's the thing that I love about driving. I've got to be incredibly present, focused, and calm. And that's what the horses ask of us. Cars don't tend to ask this kind of stuff of us. Like, my car, my car isn't saying, "Can you be a little more consistent and clear, you know, with your voice commands and with your body language?" Yeah. Well, we'll take Dolly out. We'll go to the go to the gate. Come on, Dolly. Her lips nice and relaxed. That's good. you actually gonna go out onto the road for a little while. Okay. And actually if you want to squeak out first, then I'll kind of keep nutmeg. And when I when I have a horse standing. Hey don't come on. They're not going to wrap around my hand dangerously. I want to have them accessible. I'm at her just marching along. Oh, yeah. I need to get a walk. And you can see you know, the amount of tension that I have on the line. Like, I'm not yanking. My hands are steady. My elbows are relaxed. Shoulders are relaxed. And her ears are forward. She's interested in life. She's like, yeah, let's go for a stroll. So that's awesome. That's what we want. She's an excellent hiking buddy. Yeah. (laughs) And she's kind of on autopilot now, too. Like, I can do this with one hand, but I need to maintain a lively awareness. Another hazard, she has her tail switches is that she catches one of these lines under her tail. Oh, yeah, I can see that. So I kind of want to either keep them high or keep them low so that that doesn't happen. We're lucky to have no cars on the road. And I'm just giving a little tug with that left line. And I tell her the word haw. And I'm going to head down this way. And I'm going to ask her to stop. So I kind of give her a little preparation. Dolly, whoop. And I expect her to stop on a dime when I say, whoa. Not that she always does, but that's the expectation. And when I want her to go forward again, Dolly. You see her Ear flick back to pay attention. I'll yeah. give a little more squeezing on the lines. Dolly, whoop. On a dime. That's what I want. I know the flies are bugging you, honey. So, uh, that was kind of a short demo, but do you want to try driving? Okay. So, there you go. So, I do that little click, click with the. You got noise. it. Good. Way to go. Wait. Mm hmm. That's not it. Now, say her name. Okay. Dolly! Like wow. a little kiss. Wow. Yes, okay. And horse, I mean they can learn anything. I've some teamsters just train their horses to go left and right instead of having to learn new words for left and right. So that's great, very nice grip. Relax your shoulders, hands out a little farther in front of you, elbows relaxed. That way you have enough braking power if you need it. If your hands are already back by your side when you're driving, um, you don't have anywhere to go if you need to pull back and gain more contact. So she's going in a very nice rhythm. Ears forward. Try to get her to do a gentle serpentine down the road, like pull a little bit to the right, a uh, little bit, let, huh? or yeah, and now a little bit to the right. There you go. See, that was she'll respond very to very subtle cues. Okay. So you you don't uh, need to do much. Yeah. But you can see she was willing. She was yeah. like, "Okay," and her mouth stayed relaxed. So has got a very nice grip on the lines there. Yeah, that's great. So, ask her. Uh, think about the preparation. Think about getting a little more contact on those lines, and then ask her to stop. Whoa! You like. Nice. Whenever you're ready, kiss her forward again. Solid. <laughs> nice. How's it feel? Like one of those fancy voice-activated cars. (laughs) I really can't overemphasize the lessons that I've gotten from the horses about clear communication. And learning it with the ponies is often easier than learning it with humans. And the horses are happy to do what we ask when we ask in a way that they can understand to do a task that they're prepared to do. And people come here to learn driving, to learn farming with horses, to get in touch with that authenticity with the sweet smell of the soil and the calmness that comes from a morning of walking and working with the horses. And we usually spend some time driving another human around so that The person who's at the other end of the reins or the lines can kind of get a sense of what it's like and what kind of signals we're sending to the horse. Communicating clearly heart to heart is a great skill. And that's probably the most important skill that the the horses can teach us. It's even better than dragging the harrow to rake the field or pulling the cultivator that scrapes all the weeds out of the corn patch or pulling the sled to move mud out of the pond. Working horses is not for everyone, I do have to admit. It takes a lot of work, a lot of attention. It means just oodles, heaps, tons of manure to shovel, and tons of hay to make or buy or find. It means fussing for hours to get a harness to fit just right, and I totally understand that just turning on a tractor can be way easier. On the other hand, you never wake up and find a brand new baby tractor in the barn, hmm, do you? And my ponies are solar powered. They can eat the grass made from the sunlight that falls on our fields. Their exhaust is also fertilizer. <laughs> They're voice activated, or at least they come when I call, uh, as reliably as I've seen cars do. And not to put too fine a point on it. But at the end of their lives, the horses themselves are 100% compostable, or even edible, and I have yet to see an electric car that does all that. When I go into tractor stores or equipment auctions and look for implements I can convert to horsepower, I get plenty of chuckles and, like, wow, little lady, kind of comments. I'm a pretty small person. But it occurs to me that the point of tractors or horses is that the tools help anyone of any size do better work more efficiently. And I could even use smaller horses for the work I do. That's why we're training Nutmeg, who's a genuine miniature horse. She'll be the compact tractor for the gardens that are too small for Duke and Dolly. Horsepower has a place in the farms of the future, and I'm honored to keep this skill alive. Somebody's got to do it. Check us out at hawthornfarm.org, where we offer community events, homestead consulting, and classes, including Farming with Horses. Come take the lines and get connected. And I look forward to joining you next time with some other favorite farm stories. Goody goaties Come on, baby. Come on, goaty.